welcome to the Duval Pride Podcast. Here we are in episode four, and the Jaguars have a new head coach. So today we'll talk about Doug Peterson being introduced as the new Jaguars head coach, um, a look at his potential staff. But first, we'll go through some Super Bowl predictions I have. So first topic here, uh, Super Bowl predictions for the upcoming Super Bowl this Sunday. Obviously, Bengals versus the Rams. Um, this looks like a really good matchup on paper. Um, I think it comes down to the matchup between the Bengals offense and the Rams defense. I feel like Matt Stafford is going to get his points. Um, the Bengals defense did do a good job against Mahomes last week in the AFC Championship game, but I really feel like uh, this matchup is all about the Bengals' O versus the Rams' D. Um, the main question to ask yourself there is, can the Rams slow down Joe Burrow? He's been on a tear through these playoffs and really has sort of carried that team through uh, to the Super Bowl. I think they can slow them down. I think they the Rams can uh, keep the Bengals off the scoreboard uh, better than some of the other teams in the playoffs they've faced have. Um, I think the, the key component to that is really the pass rush for the Rams. Guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller should be able to get after uh, Joe Burrow and cause him a lot of pressure and speed up his throws, not give the Bengals opportunities to go down the field as much. Um, I just think back to how the, the Titans really got after Burrow, nine sacks, and if the Titans can do it, the Rams surely can do it. So uh, I believe the Rams defense is really going to be able to get after Burrow here. Uh, this is also probably the best secondary that uh, the Bengals have faced so far. Obviously, with Jalen Ramsey, he should be able to, uh, if not completely take away, very much limit the opportunities that Burrow has to go to Jamar Chase, who seems to be his kind of safety blanket. And... If Ramsey is shadowing him, that makes Chase's day going to be a lot harder. So I feel like that's a, a big factor as well. But that pass rush, if they get home a lot against Burrow, uh, even if they're not sacking him uh, as much, just getting the pressure right in his face is going to cause some problems for him. Uh, with that, I'll go ahead and give my prediction. I feel like both teams are going to score into the 20s uh, with the Rams ultimately coming out as uh, victorious, 31-27. to 27. I feel like the Bengals are going to end up having to settle for some field goals more often than they'd like. Uh, so that's what uh, ultimately wins the game for the Rams is just being able to convert those touchdowns or convert those red zone trips into touchdowns versus field goals. 
All right, so we'll move on to topic number two, which is uh, Doug Peterson being introduced as the seventh full-time head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars that happened, obviously, on this past Saturday. Um, they had an introductory press conference with Shad Khan, the owner, uh, Doug Peterson, obviously the new head coach, and Trent Balky, currently the general manager of the team, in attendance, talking to the media, answering questions, so on. Um, so for the first part, it was just really Shad and Doug kind of talking and introducing Doug and... Um, for the most part, I, I think the Shad Khan piece of that introduction was just general uh, owner speak and nothing really earth shattering as far as news goes in that part of the press conference. Um, Doug did say a couple of things that I wanted to note here. Um, he said that really good players, good pieces are kind of what drew him to the Jaguars. And that's that's encouraging to hear um, from a fan base that has kind of struggled with, you know, are the, the best players here? Do we have what it takes? And, and part of that could be just lip service, but uh, Doug doesn't come off as the kind of guy that is doing a whole lot of that lip service type stuff. Uh, he feels like the kind of guy that, does shoot straight with uh, mostly everybody. So uh, when I hear him say that he does feel like there's some good players and some good pieces here, that's very encouraging. Um, he also made note that this is not an overnight fix, something I think we're all aware of, but actually very encouraging to me to hear him just come right out and say that. Um, one of my favorite phrases is sunshine and rainbows. And I hate when coaches do the coach speak and sometimes just gloss over the really hard stuff. It's difficult to talk about, uh, but it sounds like Doug is at least acknowledging that, hey, this, this won't be fixed, you know, by waving a magic wand. Um, and it's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows, but he's here to put in the work. And then, obviously, the big quote that I saw passed around a bunch on Twitter was, um, we won't settle for anything less than a championship-caliber team. That's big-time coach speak. I, I would be interested to see if, many coaches in their opening press conference, introductory press conference, didn't say something to this effect. Um, obviously, you want your coach saying that, hey, we want to win here, and, and the only thing we'll settle, settle for is a championship. Uh, that's very easier said than done here in Jacksonville. Uh, but from our past history, I do feel like this team could become great. It is the NFL. It is a league built on parity. So I, I don't think the Jaguars are destined to be this loser franchise for their entire history. Um, 
goes back to that saying, why not us? Why not the Jaguars? Uh, moving on to some of the Q&A from the media to the three men on stage. Uh, throughout this Q&A, I felt like Khan, Shad Khan, the owner, was doing what he typically does, which is kind of uh, dancing around questions, never really answering anything directly, um, and just felt like oh, the typical avoidance tactic that we've come to know with Khan and his very sparing media availability um, that we've seen since he's been the owner here. That's okay to a degree. I mean, you're not expecting the owner to come out and make some earth-shattering announcement in one of these press conferences, but I would like him to answer directly to some of these questions. Um, especially around like the process of this coaching search and why why the transparency wasn't there for the Jaguars when it was there for other teams around the league that were going through the same process. I was encouraged to see that uh, they filed officially with the NFL to add an executive vice president for football operations. I, I do feel like there needs to be some kind of um, general overseer of the football side uh, that also reports directly to Shad Khan. Uh, obviously, Khan has demonstrated time and time again that he's not comfortable making those decisions exclusively. Um, so maybe somebody like... Uh, that he, he recently had with the Tom Coughlin role, but someone who's a little more in touch with the league as it stands now. That, would, that seems to be a great position to add to this front office. I also found it very interesting that um, Khan said that he used the questions that we all heard they were asking candidates about... Um, the front office structure that we had here in place uh, for the Jaguars, if those candidates were comfortable with that. But he also mentioned that he used those questions to kind of gauge how the other teams in the NFL, you know, those teams that uh, those candidates have worked with um, in the past are structuring their front office. And that kind of gets back to do as others do. The Jaguars are trying to figure out how the rest of the NFL does their front office, how they put it together, who they have um, making those decisions, how, the, how do they work the collaborative process between GM and head coach and are there any other pieces in the front office that we're missing as a franchise that we should add to help us along that way? I think the NFL, there's, there's many different examples of how the front office works and all of them have different 
levels of success, uh, the different varieties have different levels of success. And it's really finding that balance between the right communication structure, the right decision-making structure to ensure that everybody has a say um, in, in how this thing is built. And I think finally coming to the conclusion that, hey, we need to get some ideas from how the rest of the NFL does this type of thing is extremely encouraging to me uh, because it doesn't seem like the Jaguars have ever been able to get themselves uh, to a place, at least in this, at least in this owner's tenure, get themselves to a place where they are able to consistently win. Uh, obviously, they've discovered very easily how to consistently lose, but uh, we wanted obviously the different uh, 180 degree uh, change from how that has has gone over this owner's tenure. Uh, we also heard that Balky is still going to be the GM. Um, I I've seen all the rumors out there about when this executive VP actually gets added. What degree is that executive VP going to be the actual GM? Is Balky just keeping the GM in title. Uh, it seems like a very odd situation. Um, I, I still don't completely understand what the trepidation is from Shah Khan to just move on from Balky. Um, I guess it's a trust factor. Part of it is maybe a laziness factor. He doesn't want to hire a new GM because he then he has to go through a, a new GM search and all that uh, that comes with it. So it's just a very odd situation. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, and then the last thing that I noted with the Q&A, um, one of the media members asked Peterson if he's worried about building his staff at this point, kind of late in the game, and he's already seemingly slipping behind some of the other teams and other head coaches that have been uh, newly hired. And he said no. And as we've seen over just the past few days, I'm recording this podcast on uh, Tuesday, the 8th, and we've already seen actually some hires that I'm getting ready to talk about in my last topic here. So obviously he's not extremely worried about getting that coaching staff built. I think he came into this job with an idea of who he wanted on his staff, who he wanted to target. And it sounds like so far he's executing that last few notes, just from the uh, introductory press conference. Uh, before we move on to talking a little bit about the uh, potential staff that Doug Peterson's going to try to put in place here. Um, as, as I watched the press conference and I heard Peterson speak, I, I have never really 
Um, watched him all that much, obviously, with the Eagles as their head coach. I saw, you know, sound bites on the highlight shows and things like that of him speaking to the media. But actually getting the chance to really observe him, he is completely a professional, as you would expect from any head coach at this le- this level. But I feel like he really checks all the boxes for the Jaguars, and that's something I talked about on uh, one of my previous episodes for this podcast. But he does bring that experience and the knowledge of how to build a successful team and franchise. And I think that's something the Jaguars have sorely been in need of. Um, We have gone through so much dysfunction with the leadership of this team that we, we just needed that person in here who can bring just a, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, into the organization uh, who has seen his process be ultimately successful with that Super Bowl championship. Um, you know, they still need to figure out how the, how exactly the front office is going to work. I imagine that once they have the a new EVP in place. Um, I think a lot of things are pointing towards Rick Spielman getting that job, but who knows? It could be someone like Jim Caldwell or, or someone we just haven't heard of yet. Um, I think once that person is in place and they've established themselves here a little bit, we'll start to see how that actually works. Uh, Moving on to topic number three, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the potential staff that uh, Doug Peterson, as the head coach, would like to bring in. Uh, We'll start on the offense, um, hearing quite a few different names for uh, the offensive coordinator spot. I'll start with just a few that have worked with Doug in the past. Uh, Matt Nagy, um, obviously former coach of the Chicago Bears. He did work with Doug in Philadelphia uh, back when Doug was in Philly, uh, not as the head coach, uh, actually under Andy Reid as the head coach there. And then he worked with uh, Doug again in Kansas City uh, when Doug was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. Uh, he's a very good offensive coach. Um, despite the struggles in Chicago that ultimately led to him getting fired, I think he would be a good choice as offensive coordinator to help build the offense around Trevor uh, and and really give the offense some new ideas how to best uh, accentuate Trevor's skill set and really take us to the next level with this offense. Uh, Press Taylor is one that we've heard a lot about. Uh, I Obviously, Zach Taylor's 
brother, uh, coach of the Bengals, going to the Super Bowl uh, this Sunday. Uh, he did work with Doug in Philadelphia uh, while Doug was the head coach there. Seems to be the favorite right now to take the offensive coordinator position, but those things can obviously change. Um, he was part of the reason that Doug ultimately was shown the door in Philadelphia. Uh, he developed the famous Philly special play in the Super Bowl that they won there. And seems like Doug wanted to have him as the offensive coordinator there. And there was some trepidation throughout the Eagles leadership about uh, Press being the full-time offensive coordinator. Uh, if he doesn't come on as the offensive coordinator, I'd be absolutely shocked if he's not on this team in some kind of capacity, whether that's um, passing game coordinator or some other kind of uh, offensive assistant, something on this team. I would imagine he would definitely be brought in in some capacity. Uh one other thing we did hear um, today, Tuesday, the 8th, we did hear that Mike McCoy has been hired as the quarterback's coach. So um, obviously some connections there with Doug as well. Uh, but Mike does bring a lot of experience as well, being the head coach in uh San Diego with the Chargers, and I like this hire. I think it's good for Trevor to get uh, a good head coach who's developed some talent, work with some worked with some great talent around the NFL uh, to come in and be the quarterbacks coach. And overall, it just brings more experience to the coaching staff, which is something I think the entire team can benefit from. Some other names to keep an eye on for the offensive staff. Doug uh, did have Marty Morningweg as the offensive coordinator when Doug was the head coach in Philly. Um, Marty wouldn't be coming in, I don't think, as like an offensive coordinator, but he could come in as some kind of higher-level offensive coach, perhaps like an assistant head coach, um, things like that, an advisor. Um, and I that's something you see being very much popularized around the NFL, having these offensive and defensive advisors, uh, kind of older guys who have been around a lot of different teams in the league and are able to bring a lot of experience there. So defensive coordinator, I wrote up some notes about Todd Bowles, but I'm just going to skip over all that as we're now hearing that uh, Mike Caldwell, uh, the current inside linebacker coach for the Buccaneers, is almost assuredly going to get this job as a defensive coordinator here in Jacksonville. I've read a few different things on Mike. Um, he is a relatively unknown. He hasn't gotten a whole lot of coaching experience, but he did uh, play under Andy Reid in Philadelphia. 
And I believe he also played with Doug in some capacity when Doug was playing. Um, like I said, he is the inside linebackers coach for Tampa Bay. Um, what I've read about him is that the defense should not have too much of a transition between Joe Cullen, of course, the outgoing defensive coordinator, and Mike Caldwell's scheme coming into Jacksonville. Um, I hope not. I think that defense was really gelling uh, at the end of last season, I think. We finally saw the emergence of some of the younger guys, whether that's uh, Cisco or Campbell uh, or Rudy Ford. Those guys really started coming on, and I kind of don't want to mess with that chemistry. I, I'd rather not mess with the playbook a whole lot. Obviously, there will be some changes with a new defensive coordinator, new defensive coaches, but, you know, Let's let's just stay with that aggressive nature that I think Joe Cullen brought to this team. I'm really interested to see how Mike Caldwell um, brings that forward as he becomes the defensive coordinator here. And I'm interested to see as well how they start to add players to this defense I feel like the defense is the strongest side of the ball. The offense has a lot more work to do in the draft and free agency coming up. The defense felt like it was middle of the league to top of the league as far as where they kind of fit in the grand scheme of things. And I, I think they can just go up from there, you know, add some pass rush and maybe change up. Um, how they're playing scheme-wise a little bit here and there to better accentuate the really good players they have on that defense. And this defense could be really, really good. So with that, I will go ahead and close out this episode. Again, as we start to get more uh, information on the coaching staff that Doug is bringing in, I will... Uh, most certainly talk about that uh, next week. Um, again, in that episode, hopefully by then we will have uh, an announcement on who is the offensive coordinator and and maybe some more position coaches. Maybe uh, we'll know a little bit more about this executive vice president position. Um and with that, we'll we'll talk some more about those guys uh, as they come into this team. Um, in the next few weeks, I'm starting to put together uh, my show outlines for just a general uh, roster breakdown. Probably spend one episode on the offense, one episode on the defense, and then we'll go into free agency talk and draft talk as we keep moving forward through. Uh, the offseason uh, as we finish up the NFL year here on Sunday with the uh, Super Bowl being played. Hopefully one day we'll get to see the Jaguars in that Super Bowl. Um, once again, though, thank you for listening. Um, really appreciate everybody uh, listening to this podcast and, and helping it grow. 
Uh, please do like, subscribe, rate this podcast on whatever uh, platform you're listening on. That really does help grow my listener base a little bit. I do have a Patreon out there. If you would be so kind as to drop a few dollars in there, that's really going to go a long way to continuing to grow this podcast. And with that, I'll talk to you next week. Go Jags.